Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bizarre Junkies podcast. I'm your host, as always, Austin Alvarez. We got a new guy on the rig. We got Jory on the rig. I don't know if he's going to talk. He's more than welcome to. But, uh, you know, we're we're upgrading here at the studio. We're uh, we're doing big things. Unlike this person we're going to talk about because I, I, are they, I think they're dead. Um, yeah, and actually they were dead before I was even born, so... Which is unfortunate. Actually, I don't think it's unfortunate, to be fair, because we're going to be talking about Jeffrey Dahmer today. More specifically, uh, we're starting a series on how they were caught, which is um, something that, I mean, obviously, if you watch any true crime documentary, they're going to talk about. But in this instance, I just think it's funny, or not necessarily funny, I just think it's interesting to hear, because some of these ways are pretty humorous on like how they just slip up and how they ultimately get caught. Um, but we're going to go ahead and talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. So these are going to be some shorter episodes, but I want to make sure that I am being consistent with you guys, making sure we get content out regularly. So, uh, we're going to do a couple of these, but for today, we're going to focus on Jeffrey Dahmer. So Jeffrey Dahmer or nicknamed the Milwaukee cannibal was a serial killer and sexual predator that targeted young men. He specifically went to gay nightclubs and offered men money to come back to his house in the guise of photographing them. He would then drug his victims, take advantage of them sexually while they were under the influence, and then murder them. He would sometimes perform sadistic experiments with his victims, such as drilling holes in their heads, then pouring acid in the hole in hopes of creating a living zombie, which is absolutely terrifying and um, pretty despicable. I mean, the people in the the live studio audience is not not enjoying this. Uh, He also had a collection of torso and skeletal remains of victims and even a shrine of skulls he was planning to create, but thankfully never got to finish. His fridge was a nightmare all on its own as it contained bagged flesh and organs, a dismembered torso, and a severed head. So right off the rip, this guy is is doing heinous things, which obviously we all know. I mean, the hit TV show came out last year. Uh, He was a sensation, not in the good way, but because of how horrific his crimes were and how awful of a person he was. So people definitely knew who Dahmer was. And most of you listening to this probably know much more than I'm telling about truly how heinous the crimes were but let's move on to what i want to talk about with this episode which is how he was captured so on july 22nd 1991 Dahmer was at a bar and offered three different men a hundred dollars to come back to his apartment to take nude photographs of them all of them declined except for tracy edwards he went to Dahmer's apartment which had a foul odor and boxes of hydrochloric acid that edwards commented on which Dahmer stated that it was for cleaning bricks that's a little convenient. I don't know what you would clean bricks with. During this conversation, Dahmer told Edwards to look at his tropical fish, which he blamed the foul odor on on occasion. And during this time, Dahmer handcuffed one of Edwards' wrists. He then led Edwards to his bedroom where The Exorcist 3 was playing on a small television. Dahmer took out a knife and instructed Edwards to take off his shirt. Dahmer, ignoring Edwards' pleas to remove the handcuffs, put his head against Edwards' chest and listened to his heartbeat, then stated he would wanted to eat his heart. <clears throat> Excuse me. Edwards asked Dahmer if they could go back to the living room where there was air conditioning to drink a beer, telling him he's not going anywhere because he's his friend. That's terrifying. I mean, you get picked up at a bar and then you're with this person. They're like, we're friends now. And you're like... You have me handcuffed. Like, what are you what are you talking about? This is I'm in fear of my life right now. So Dahmer agreed and they returned to the living room. Edwards asked if he could use the restroom once there, and once he was up, he punched Dahmer in the face, then ran out the front door. Edwards flagged down two police officers, Robert Routh and Rolf Mueller, who he told that a freak kidnapped him and handcuffed him and held him at knife point. 
The cops, unable to remove the handcuffs with their keys, took Edwards back to the house to get the key from Dahmer. The officers noticed the strange smell, and Dahmer invited them in and said the, the key was on his bedside dresser. Uh, he's obviously not thinking straight if he's inviting the cops in, in, yeah, into his house. I would, I would have been like, if, I mean, if I'm trying to do this, I wouldn't have let him take me back to the living room. I'd have been like, we're staying right here, buddy. We're staying right here. Uh, so, d um, Officer Mueller was the unfortunate one to make his way into Dahmer's pit of despair and doom and noticed the knife mentioned under his bed and photographs in an open dresser. While looking through them, he viewed the heinous crimes of Dahmer and stated, these are real. He showed his partner and when Dahmer noticed, he tried to escape to no avail. The officers detained Dahmer and the true horror began when one of the officers opened his fridge to find a severed head. Just chilling right there in the fridge. I mean, that's... I think I don't think you need any more proof than that to arrest him. Dahmer stated, for what I did, I should be dead. I mean, that's at least he has the awareness to understand that how awful his crimes were and how awful of a human being he was being. On July 25th, 1991, Dahmer was charged with four counts of first-degree murder. He was charged with another 11 counts of first-degree murder on August 22nd, 1991 for crimes he committed in Wisconsin. He was charged with an additional count of first-degree murder after investigators uncovered hundreds of bone fragments in the area where Dahmer confessed to killing his first victim, which was Stephen Hicks. Dahmer was not charged with the attempted murder of Edwards nor the murder of Steve uh, Tiomi, a man who went missing in 1987 and is believed to have been killed by Dahmer um, due to insufficient evidence. Dahmer pled guilty but insane to 15 counts of murder on January 13th, 1992. And so uh, he died, I believe, in 19, yeah, November 28th, 1994. So I want to go a little bit uh, into a little bit more in his case. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to bring you this super cool opportunity we have with PuffySlippers.com, where you can get some bad boy slippers like these. Look how bizarre these look, if you want to be tongue-in-cheek. They look great. And... Puffy Slippers is offering you 15% off your entire order with the code BIZARRE. That's right. 15% off your entire order. So you want to buy like nine of these? I got some for Christmas. I got some for my girlfriend. She loves them. They're super comfortable. They're for the girls, as she says. These ones aren't hers. Obviously, these ones are a little more cool, a little more for the dudes. But you can order many pairs, and they come in a bunch of different colors, a bunch of different shapes, and 15% off your entire order using code BIZARRE. So we have the confession here. So beginning in the early hours of July 23rd, 1991, Dahmer was questioned by Detective Patrick Kennedy as to the murders uh, he had committed and the evidence found at his apartment. Over the following two weeks, Kennedy and later Detective Dennis Murphy conducted numerous interviews with Dahmer, which, when combined, totaled over 60 hours. Dahmer waived his right to have a lawyer present throughout his interrogations, adding he wished to confess all as he had created this horror and it only makes sense I do everything to put an end to it. This is something common with serial killers is they want it, they want credit for the work that they did. They like so like you'll see that like I know um with the TV show Criminal Minds what they would do is they'd be like we don't have the suspect but we think we know how to draw him out and so they would announce they'd be like oh this is the guy who did it and then the serial killer would get mad and they're like no I did that. And then they would come forward and be like I did it. So he wanted credit for all of these heinous things that he did. He re uh, readily admitted to having murdered 16 young men in Wisconsin since 1987, with one further victim, Stephen Hicks, killed in Ohio in 1978. 
Most of Dahmer's victims had been rendered unconscious prior to their murder, although some had died as a result of having acid or boiling water injected into their brain. As he had no memory of killing uh, of the killing of his second victim, Stephen Tiomi, he was unsure whether he was unconscious when he beat when beaten to death. Although he did concede, it was possible that his viewing uh, that his viewing the exposed chest of Tiomi while in a drunken stupor may have led him to unsuccessfully attempt to tear Tiomi's heart from his chest. Almost all the murders Dahmer committed after moving into the Oxford apartments had involved a ritual of posing the victim's bodies in suggestive positions, typically with the chest thrust outwards prior to the dismemberment. Dahmer readily admitted to engaging in necrophilia with several of his victims' bodies, including performing sexual acts with, uh, with their visceral, uh, or their viscera, as he dismembered their bodies in his bathtub. Having noted that much of the blood pooled inside his victim's chest after death, Dahmer first removed their internal organs then suspended the torso so the blood drained into his bathtub before dicing any organs he did not wish to retain and paring the flesh from the body. The bones he wished to dispose of were pulverized or acidified uh, with soilax and bleach solutions used to aid in the preservation of the skeletons and skulls he wished to keep. So this dude, this dude had it down to a science. This dude was like, I know what I want to do to keep, these, to keep the bones and keep the skeletons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, most most of these people do. They, tr- they, you know, especially those who grew up with like hunting backgrounds. Like, oh, my dad took me out hunting. Like, they know how to flay and how to like cut like deer. So they do it the same way. Uh, one sec. Oh, so Dahmer confessed to having consumed the hearts, liver, biceps, and portions of thigh of three victims he had killed at the Oxford Apartments: Smith, Ernest Miller, and Oliver Lacey. And to have retained the flesh and organs of other victims for intended consumption. So he planned to, like, draw this out and, like, keep keep eating on what he had killed. Typically, Dahmer would tenderize the body parts he intended to consume prior to preparing meals flavored with various condiments. So he was treating it like any other kind of meat. Like, he was, like, adding, like, mustard and, like, spices. And Do you think he said, if you ain't, seas- if you ain't sneezing, it ain't seasoned? Do you think he, like, went through with that? God, this is so awful. So referencing his reasons for consuming his victims, Dahmer stated that he initially consumed portions of his victims due to curiosity before adding, I suppose in an odd way, it made me feel they were even more a permanent part of me. Describing the increase in his rate of killing in the two months prior to his arrest, Dahmer stated he had been completely swept along with his compulsion to kill, adding, it was an incessant and never-ending desire to be with someone at whatever cost. Someone good-looking, really nice-looking. It just filled my thoughts all day long. When asked as to why he had preserved a total of seven skulls in the entire skeletons of two victims, Dahmer stated that he had been in the process of constructing a private altar of his victims' skulls, which he had intended to display on the black table located in his living room, and upon which he had photographed the bodies of many of his victims. This display of skulls was to be adorned at each side with the complete skeletons of Miller and Lacey. The four severed heads found in his kitchen were to have all flesh removed and used in the altar, as was the skull of at least one uh, future victim. Incense sticks were to be placed at each end of the black table, above which Dahmer intended to place a large blue lamp with extending blue globe lights. The entire construction was to be placed before a window covered with a black opaque shower curtain, in front of which Dahmer intended to sit in with a black leather chair. When asked in a November 18, 1991 interview to whom the altar was dedicated, Dahmer replied, myself. It was a place where I could feel at home. He further described his intended altar as a place for meditation, from where he believed he could draw a sense of power, adding, if this, his arrest, had happened six months later, that's what they would have found. So moving on to his indictment. 
On July 25th, 1991, Dahmer was charged with four counts of first-degree murder. By August 22nd, he had been charged with a further 11 murders committed in Wisconsin. On September 14th, investigators in Ohio, having uncovered hundreds of bone fragments in Woodland behind the address in which Dahmer had confessed to killing his first victim, formally identified two molars and a vertebrae with X-ray records of Hicks. Three days later, Dahmer was charged by authorities in Ohio with Hicks's murder. Dahmer was not charged with the attempted murder of Edwards, nor with the murder of Tiomi. He was not charged with Tiomi's murder because the Milwaukee County District Attorney only brought charges where murder could have been proven beyond a reasonable doubt, and Dahmer had no memory of actually committing this particular murder for which no physical evidence of the crime existed. At a scheduled preliminary hearing on January 13, 1992, Dahmer pleaded guilty but insane to 15 counts of murders. So let's move on to his trial. His trial began on January 30th, 1992. He was tried in Milwaukee for the 15 counts of first-degree murder before Judge Lawrence Graham. By pleading guilty on January 13th to the charges brought against him, Dahmer had waived his rights to a trial to establish guilt, as defined in Wisconsin law. Attorneys at Dahmer's trial debated whether he suffered from either a mental or personality disorder. The prosecution claimed that any disorders did not deprive Dahmer of the ability to appreciate the criminality of his conduct or to deprive him of the ability to resist his impulses. The defense argued that Dahmer suffered from a mental disease and was driven by obsessions and impulses he was unable to control. Defense experts argued that Dahmer was insane due to his necrophilic drive, his compulsion to have sexual encounters with corpses. Defense expert Fred Berlin testified that Dahmer was unable to conform his conduct at the time that he committed the crimes due to his para, uh, paraphilia or, more specifically, necrophilia. Judith Becker, a professor of, psychiatry, of psychiatry and psychology, was the second expert witness for the defense. Becker diagnosed Dahmer as a necrophiliac, although she added Dahmer had informed her he preferred comatose sexual partners to deceased ones 75% of the time. The final, uh, the final defense expert to testify, forensic psychiatrist Carl Wallstrom, diagnosed Dahmer with necrophilia, borderline personality disorder, uh, schizotypal personality disorder, alcohol dependence, and a psychotic disorder. On February 8th, Fred Fosdell testified on behalf of the prosecution. Fosdell testified to his belief that Dahmer was without mental disease or defect at the time he committed the murders. He described Dahmer as a calculating and cunning individual able to differentiate between right and wrong with the ability to control his actions and whose lust overpowered his morals. Although Foss, uh, Fosdale did state his belief that Dahmer was a paraphiliac, his conclusion was that Dahmer was not a sadist. The second and final witness to appear for the prosecution, forensic psychiatrist Park Dietz, began his testimony on February 12th. Dietz testified that he did not believe Dahmer had any form of mental disease or defect at the time that he committed the crimes, stating that Dahmer went to great lengths to be alone with his victim and have no witnesses. He explained that there was ample evidence that Dahmer prepared in advance for each murder, therefore his crimes were not impulsive. Although Dietz did not concede any acquisition of a paraphilia, was not a matter of personal choice, he stated his belief that Dahmer's habit of becoming intoxicated prior to committing each of the murders was significant. Uh, in quotes, it says, if he had an impulse to kill or a compulsion to kill, Dietz testified, he wouldn't have to drink alcohol to overcome it. He was he only has he only has to drink alcohol to overcome it because he's inhibited against killing. So he's allowing himself to be in that mindset. He's drinking because he goes, if I drink, I know I'm I am now feeling like I can kill. So therefore, it's pre it's premeditated. It's not an impulse. Yeah. 
Dietz noted that Dahmer strongly identified with the villains of The Exorcist III and Return of the Jedi, particularly the level of power held by these characters. Expounding on the significance of these movies on Dahmer's psyche and many of the murders committed at the Oxford Apartments, Dietz explained that Dahmer occasionally viewed scenes from these films before searching for a victim. Dietz diagnosed Dahmer with substance use disorder, paraphilia, and uh, schizotypal personality disorder. Two court-appointed mental health professionals testifying independently of either prosecution or defense were forensic psychiatrist George Palermo and clinical psychologist Samuel Friedman. Palermo stated that the murders were the result of a pent-up aggression within himself, Dahmer. He killed those men because he wanted to kill the source of his homosexual attraction to them. In killing them, he killed what he hated in himself. So that's probably based on like his dad, like instilling like that kind of mindset into him. Of like, no, you can't be, you can't be gay because it's wrong. You're wrong then. So he did that to kill, like to kind of like kill off, like, okay, I'm, I'm wrong. This is how I fix it. Uh, so he described Dahmer as uh, amiable, pleasant to be with, courteous with a sense of humor, conventionally handsome and charming in manner. He was, and still is a bright young man. This is, this is what he said about him. So he diagnosed Dahmer with a personality disorder not otherwise specified featuring borderline, obsessive compulsive, and sadistic traits. So on February 15th, the court reconvened to hear the verdict. Dahmer was ruled to be sane and not suffering from a mental disorder at the time of each of the 15 murders for which he was tried. Although in each count, two of the 12 jurors signified their dissent. Formal sentencing was postponed until February 17th. On this date, Dahmer's attorney announced his client wished to address the court. Bad, like, you should never let your client, like, do that. Dahmer then approached a lectern and read from a statement prepared by himself and his defense as he faced the judge. In this statement, Dahmer emphasized that he had never desired freedom following his arrest and that he is frankly, that he frankly wished for his own death. He further stressed that none of the murders had been motivated by hatred, that he understood that nothing he either said or did could undo this terrible harm he had caused to the families of his victims and the city of Milwaukee, and that he and his doctors believed his criminal behavior had been motivated by mental disorders. Dahmer added that this medical knowledge had given him some peace, and that although he understood the society would never forgive him, he hoped God would. Dahmer closed his statement with, I know my time in prison will be terrible, but I deserve whatever I get because of what I have done. Thank you, Your Honor, and I am prepared for your sentence, which I know will be the maximum. I ask for no consideration. He then returned to his seat to await formal sentencing. So it's kind of crazy because he like he was like, yeah, I know I fucked up. Just get, I already know you're going to hit me with the max, so thanks. <laughs> like, I, like, it almost shows like, uh, I mean, it shows like he, he does feel sorry about it, but he's like, all right, yeah, I get it. I fucked up. Like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to do all that. So Dahmer was sentenced to life imprisonment plus 10 years upon the first two counts. The remaining 13 counts carried a mandatory sentence of life imprisonment plus 70 years. The death penalty was not an option for Judge Graham to consider at the penalty phase as Wisconsin had abolished capital punishment in 1853. So they've been without it for well over 100 years. Upon hearing of Dahmer's sentencing, his father Lionel and stepmother Sherry requested to be allowed a 10-minute private meeting with their son before he was transferred to the Columbia Correctional Institute, uh, Institution in Portage to begin his sentence. This request was granted and the trio exchanged hugs and well wishes before Dahmer was escorted away. Three months after his conviction in Milwaukee, Dahmer was extradited to Ohio to be tried for the murder of his first victim, Stephen Hicks. 
In a court hearing lasting just 45 minutes, Dahmer again pled guilty to the charges and was sentenced to a 16th term of life imprisonment on May 1st, 1992. So he had 16 life like life sentences. Plus, I think another... For, for 14 of them, he had 70 years plus, and one of them he had 10 years plus. He was never he was never getting out. Three months after... Uh, oh, no, we already read that, so we'll edit that out. So, he's been in prison for a couple of years. On the morning of November 28th, 1994, Dahmer left his cell to conduct his assigned work detail. Accompanying him were two fellow inmates, Jesse Anderson and Christopher Scarver. The trio were left unsupervised in the showers of the prison gym for approximately 20 minutes. At approximately 8.10 a.m., Dahmer was covered on the floor of the bathrooms of the gym, suffering from extreme head wounds. Or he was discovered on the floor. He had been severely bludgeoned about the head uh, and face with a 20-inch metal bar. His head had also been repeatedly struck against the wall in the assault. Although Dahmer was still alive and was rushed to a nearby hospital, he was pronounced dead one hour later. Anderson had been beaten with the same instrument. He died uh, from his wounds two days later. Scarver, who was serv- uh, serving a life sentence for a murder committed in 1990, informed authorities he had first attacked Dahmer with the metal bar as Dahmer was, claiming, was cleaning a staff locker room before attacking Anderson as Anderson cleaned an inmate locker room. According to Scarver, Dahmer did not yell or make any noises he was attacked. Immediately after attacking both men, Scarver, who was thought to be schizophrenic, returned to his cell and informed a prison guard, God told me to do it. Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer are dead. Scarver was adamant he had not planned the attacks in advance, although he later divulged to investigators that he concealed the 20-inch iron bar used to kill both men in his clothing shortly before the killings. Upon learning of his death, Dahmer's mother, Joyce, responded angrily to the media. Now is everybody happy? Now that he's bludgeoned to death, is that good enough for everyone? Which, I mean, like... I mean, I get it, like, to an extent, like, that's your child, but also, like, your child did arguably the most heinous shit ever. We're still talking about it. Yeah, like, I'm doing a podcast on a guy that, and he died before I was even born. Like, he did some fucked up shit. The response of the families of Dahmer's victims was mixed. Some celebrated the news while others were saddened. Catherine Lacey, the mother of the victim, Oliver Lacey, remarked, the hurt is worse now because he's not suffering like we are. The district attorney who prosecuted Dahmer cautioned against turning Scarver into a folk hero, saying that Dahmer's death was still murder. Which, like, is true. Like, to be to be fair, like, it is still murder. It is still, like, fucked up. And, like, some of the families either got justice from her or they didn't. So, I, I kind of understand the mixed reactions there. Yeah. So on May 15th, 1995, Scarver was sentenced to two additional terms of life imprisonment for the murders of Dahmer and Anderson. Dahmer had stated in his will that he wished for no services to be conducted and that he wished to be cremated. In September 1995, Dahmer's body was cremated and his ashes divided between his parents. Owing to a disagreement between his parents as to whether Dahmer's brain should be retained for medical research, this this organ was initially retained but later cremated in December 1995. Fuck, like, that would have been really good for science research. Like, n- like legitimately, like, understanding more mental disability or more mental illness, understanding, like, what causes these inhibitions, stuff like that. But, so that was, like, ultimately, like, Dahmer. So he was really caught because he was sloppy, which you'll find is very common with a lot of these serial killers and murderers and heinous people as they get sloppy in the end, and that's how they end ultimately get caught up but we're going to plan to do more of these like i know for sure uh down the pipeline we're going to be talking about richard ramirez john wayne gacy um 
And uh, we also have some true crime city specific ones. So like Vegas is a big one. We have a lot of true crime here from, you know, the days of the mob. And then we're going to have one from Chicago, which also has a lot to do with the mob. But um, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. I want to go ahead and thank our sponsors again. Uh, I want to thank everybody watching. Please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to really push that. And if you are already on YouTube and you want a way to support the channel even more, you can become a YouTube member for as little as 99 cents a day. You'll get this episode early. You also get future episodes early and future content early, but you also get access to content that the regular subscribers will not be able to see. So thanks again for watching. And until next time, stay bizarre.